anything? While the band takes a seat, remember it's kids camp time as well. And so if you have a young person you want to get into kids camp, go ahead. Uh, now is the time or they can hang out with us. We're glad they're here either way. So, well, we have been on, uh, on an epic journey, right? We have been uh, recognizing that as uh, life unfolds, uh, we are part of this incredible epic journey. That God is about an even greater story than we can dream or imagine. And yet we have this incredible opportunity for our individual lives to, to fit into that incredible God epic. And uh, as we do that, we recognize that uh, God is uh, working in our lives. Uh, yet at the same time, this morning, we have that difficult recognition uh, that not only is God at work, but there's also a villain at work. You know how stories are, right? You watch the movies, you read the books. I mean, every great story has to have not only the great hero, but there's also a villain, right? You remember those villains you, you love to hate? Yeah, so some of you, it's like, you remember Snidely Whiplash? Okay, we just separated the age in the room. There, we got some chuckles by Snidely Whiplash. Who that? I'll save you now. Come on. Snidely Whiplash and Dudley Do-Right and all those guys. Yeah. Well, okay, there's some other ones that everybody can relate to. If you think about who, you know, who are those famous villains from screen or books that you think of, like, uh, you know, Hannibal Lecter, right? Dr. Lecter would be one probably that would make the list. Uh, old movies, Captain Bly. Remember Captain Bly? Not the new version, the old black and white version, the real Captain Bly, right? Uh, Corella DeVille, Disney's version of, the, of that. Uh, Lex Luthor against uh, Superman. And, uh, of course, uh, my favorite, and I think a real teacher about the world here, is the Wicked Witch of the West, right? The Wicked Witch of the West. Remember what she always said? Yes, there it is. I heard it, yeah. I'll get you, my little pretty... Right? Remember that? Right? Now, here's the cool teaching. See, movies can teach us something. Notice what she says. I'll get you, my little pretty. And then she added what? And your dog, too. Remember that? You see, here's the lesson. We're going to learn to... Evil always wants more. Huh? It always wants more. It's not going to settle for just getting hold of your life. It wants your life and every piece around you. Right? That's the way evil works. Well, this morning... It is for us to understand the simple truth that the world wants to ignore. It is, it is that simple truth that the Bible proclaims over and over again that the world wants us to ignore and buy into an intellectual understanding that says, well, that's just kind of this conjuring thing of the Bible and it's not really real anymore and, you know, we're so superior to... Wait a minute. The Bible is so simple. It simply says to us, there is a villain loose in this world. That evil is present and it is working and it is loose in this world and it wants to get you and your dog too. Hey, It wants to get you and your dog too. I mean, the Bible does not hide the reality of evil in the world. It doesn't hide the reality of, of Satan or the devil working in the experience of people's lives in the world. If you, you go into the scripture and you start counting things up, even in the Old Testament, there are seven books in the Old Testament that make specific reference to the activity of Satan. And you, and you go into the New Testament and you've got 19 books 
And Jesus speaks openly about the devil uh, 15 times in his ministry. And when you put that all together and you, you look over the whole total of Scripture, in the Bible there are 174 references to Satan. How real does the Bible take evil in the world? Pretty real. It doesn't ignore it. It accepts the reality that while God is writing this epic story that began before the beginning of time, while God is writing this epic story of trying to reach our lives, there is also a villain. And that villain is hard at work, and that villain is at work in this world. If you watch uh, uh, sporting events, I always find it kind of interesting that, you know, the, the athletes will do have something great happen. You know, they hit the home run, they make the touchdown, whatever it is, right? And they, and they get done with that, and, and they do, you know, right? You notice that? <laughs> and then they, they point up, yeah, point up, you know. I always found that's interesting. Like, somehow they're trying to send us a message that God is, like, way off somewhere, and they got to point to him, you know? I mean, there's this image in our world, again, the deception that the evil one is trying to give us is that, that, that somehow God is way off. And yet we know evil is close at hand. If you go into the scriptures and you go into Ephesians 2, the Apostle Paul tries to make it really clear to us. Um, he says, uh, In the past you were dead because you sinned and fought against God. You followed the ways of this world and obeyed who? The devil. You see that? Pretty clear reference, right? Now, look what he says next. Look what he says. Where is the place that this evil, where is the place the devil is working? He rules the world. And his spirit has power over everyone who doesn't obey God. Where does he work? Right here. Right here. He is at work every single day of your life. And every day, he's saying the same thing. I'll get you, my little pretty, and your dog too. Yes? Every day. And notice, Paul makes it really clear that while evil is working and trying to get you, evil is also working and already got... Those who don't know Christ. Uh, I was at a, a conference this week, and uh, I picked up one great quote uh, from the conference. You know, if you go to a conference and you just come away with one great quote, you feel like it was worth it, right? And I, I picked up just a great quote. I mean, I knew this to be true, but it was really neat when I heard somebody else say it. Uh, and they, they said, uh, you know, we all have to remember there are two, kind of, two kinds of people in this world. There are saved people who know Christ and lost people who don't. And that's it. That's it. It's not about gender. It's not about color. You know, it's not about whether you're rich or poor. It's not about all those other barriers that we build up in our world, that we allow evil to build in our world between us. From God's perspective, God simply sees two kinds of people in the world. He either sees those who are in relationship with him or he sees those who aren't. And Paul is telling us here, if you're not in relationship with God, then who's influencing your life? It's not God. It's the villain. The villain is loose in this world, and he's influencing 
everybody as much as they can, influencing everybody who doesn't know Christ. Uh, Peter, in 1 Peter 5, gives us a great image to, to grab hold, to, uh, to understand how evil works, what, what his personality is, what, what it works in the world. If you go to Ephesians 5, he says this, Be on your guard. Stay awake. Pretty good word, isn't it? That means every day, by the way. That means all the time, right? Be on your guard. Stay awake. Your enemy, the devil. Notice how he names it and he shows exactly what your relationship is, right? This is your enemy. This is not your friend. This is not somebody you need to cozy up to. This is your enemy. Know who it is, right? Your enemy, the devil. Now look at the image. Is like a roaring lion sneaking around to find someone to attack. But you must resist the devil and stay strong in your faith. Is that an awesome image? You watch those, uh, those uh, Natural Geographic shows, you know, when they, they show the, the lions, you know, hunting and all that kind of stuff, and they're out. Isn't that, doesn't that help you get an image of what evil is like? You ever watch those shows and you notice what lions do, by the way? Do you notice that when lions are stalking their prey, I mean, they just kind of sneak along subtly, quietly, get within that 20, 30 yards of them, and then they just, you know, roar and pounce? And do you notice who they always go after first? They go after the weak and the young. Don't they? They go after the weak and they go after the young. People at Christ Church, how important is it that we do everything we can in our children's ministry and in our youth ministry. Huh? Why? Because that's what the lions go after. The lions go after the weak and they go after the young. And if they can go after them when they're weak and when they're young and they can get them, then they can influence them and influence them and they get them and they get their dog too. See how it works? That's an emphasis point, you see. The devil is working overtime in this room this morning with our technology. Yeah, I don't know. They tell us it's static stuff. You, you won't see. We've been fighting the devil on this one because I just got hosed down back in the back room with static guard. Uh, it's not working. It's not working. So we've got to get that fixed. Well, you know, get, get the point, right? I mean, get that image that every day, and, and this evil one, is loose through the whole world, right? This evil one is loose throughout the whole world and looking for every opportunity to bring destruction into people's lives. Uh, today, you know, one of the things we're committed to here at Christ Church is we really believe that what we share with you on Sunday morning has to be real. It's got to be relevant, right? It, it's got to be something that... that you carry into the next week and understand it's got to be something that speaks the reality of the world. And so today we want to we want to prove this to you. We we want to make it real for you by uh, bringing uh, Becky up here. And come on up, Becky. Uh, Becky is a Concordia student and uh, she's interning with us in our in our youth program. And uh, got to find your microphone. Oh, Brandon, get it. Uh, she's interning with us in our uh, youth program. And uh, she has a story. Remember what we've been talking about, right? that God is writing this epic story. And our lives fit into that story as we're obedient. Oh, there it is, right in front of me. Is uh, our lives... Boy, devil's working overtime. 
uh, fit right into it. Oh, that's for me. Thank you. Okay. Uh, our lives fit uh, right into that uh, story, right? Uh, and yet, remember, evil is working overtime. And because evil is loose working in the world, devastation happens. Uh, Becky has a life story that just proves reality, the relevance and the reality of everything we're uh, talking about. Welcome. Hey. Thank you. Thanks for doing this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So tell us, Becky, uh, tell us uh, the story because your story uh, really changed when you got to this place called uh, Haiti. Have you heard of it? <laughs> um, as, as Pastor Bob mentioned, um, I was in Haiti during um, the earthquake. And the reason that I originally went, um, we, my sister had gone prior and she fell in love with this place called Servants of All um, Ministry. It's an orphanage. And um, she loved it so much. And she's like, Becky, next time I go, you have to come with me. You just have to. Um, so we had this, plan, this trip all planned out. Um, we were leaving January 7th. Um, I went with a group from the Eau Claire Rice Lake area. And we were originally going there to help build the boys' bathhouse. There's 80 children at this orphanage, and 60 of them are boys. Um, and they had this haphazard shack of a shower. It was only one, and they all showered together. And um, So that was our original plan, was just to help out with the boys' bathhouse and build them a new one. Okay. So you went to Haiti on a mission trip, uh, started January 7th, and then something came along on uh, January 12th. Yes. What um, happened January 12th? <laughs> January 12th rolled around, and um, I'll just tell you the quick story. Um, I was sitting in their schoolhouse, and their schoolhouse is basically like little cubicles, and it's open in the back. Um, you'll see pictures in the video that we're going to show you in a little bit. Um, and I was sitting back there with a few boys, just kind of talking. They love to learn English, and so I was talking with a few of the boys, and um, the rest of them were out in the field um, playing soccer, so we were just kind of watching them play soccer. And the earthquake began, and I had no idea what was going on. I was completely dumbfounded. I've never been through an earthquake before. And one of the older boys grabbed my hand, and um, we attempted to run. And as we stepped off of the building, it completely just pancaked. Like, if we would have been in the building a couple seconds longer, I don't know if I would be here right now. Um, so that was pretty amazing, just in itself. So Understatement. Yeah. <laughs> so the earth was moving, and uh, you got away from the building? Mm -hmm. And uh, what happened? Um, so then afterwards, we all gathered in the courtyard. Um, the school building had collapsed. All of the walls surrounding the orphanage had collapsed. And this orphanage really is an oasis in a cesspool. Um, Haiti is so corrupt in just in itself. Um, at nighttime, you could hear the voodoo and um, the, dog, the dog fights and such. So when we would sleep, we would put in our earplugs, and it lasted all night long. Um, and, but then 4.30 4 in the morning rolled around and we would wake up to a cappella Creole singing. So the children had church service at 4.30 every morning during the week um, to just this, they just did a cappella singing all morning. Um, it was just amazing. And then at 5.30 at night, um, they had church service again and it ended um, just with um, instruments and singing and everybody's up just dancing, praising God. Um, these people just really were amazing. But after the earthquake, um, we, they all gathered out and they um, just sang and prayed all night long. And what people don't realize is um, the earthquake, every 10 to 15 minutes there was aftershocks. And the aftershocks were reaching like 5.0 on the Richter scale. 
Um, so we weren't allowed to go in the main building that was still standing because there was so much structural damage and the ground was still shaking. Um, the ground was still shaking Friday when we left. Um, so, and they're still having aftershocks as of now. So. Wow. Wow. So you were out there, the, the structures are down or unsafe, the walls are down. Mm-hmm. Um, scared? Yes. Honorable? <laughs> yeah. Um, our mission team got together and um, said a quick prayer and, well, not quick, it was actually a long prayer. <laughs> um, <laughs> I vote for long prayer in those situations. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, and then um, we're standing around, and my sister, as I said, had um, been there before, and she did a lot of background history just on Haiti as a country. Um, and she starts bringing up, you know, all the voodoo, all the sex trafficking, and just how corrupt this is. And because the walls of the orphanage were down, people from the town just flooded in to the orphanage. Um, so we're standing there, and I, I was really terrified after my sister had been telling me this stuff. You know, we're young white women um, in this orphanage, with, and it's dark out. We have no idea who's around us at all. Um, so I am really scared, and I just start praying, like, really hard, like, okay, God, you brought me here. You need to protect me. Like, I know you will. And um, so Susie and I, my sister and I, sat down, and all of a sudden we started recognizing T-shirts. And um, we realized that the boys wear the same clothes every day because they only have one pair of clothes. And um, the boys, the older boys, had just surrounded us, like, completely surrounded us. Like, all around us was the boys, and they... Um, we're watching us like hawks every time we got up to try to go to the bathroom or whatever we had to do They'd always be like where are you going? Where are you going? You know, they were really worried about us So that was really cool. Yeah, so God just kind of put that fence of protection around you mm-hmm. just by by those guys huh? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, we've been sharing this morning talking about the reality of evil in the world and obviously, you know, the devastation of uh, Just the earthquake the buildings and all that, but uh, what what did you see down there? What, did you see just the evil taking place and the devastation of people's lives? Right. Um, I We truly believe that God really protected our eyes. Um, there um, were so many dead. They were building mass graves, um, as I'm sure you guys have heard and have seen pictures. Um, but as we went through Port-au-Prince, um, we, the smell was really prevalent. We were wearing surgical masks and had... Um, I had my sweatshirt up to my face and I still was just gagging um, because of the heat and the bodies just laying out there. Um, but um, God really, really protected our eyes. You guys are seeing worse images on the TV than what um, we saw firsthand. Um, I mean, we saw all, all the um, buildings down and um, just talking to the boys. We, um, some of the older boys could speak English, and I sat down with one, and I was talking, and I said, you know, how did you feel? You know, what, what's going on with you? Like, how are you feeling right now? And he's like, you know, I know God protected me and all of us here. And he's like, um, I know that if I would have died, it would have been okay because I know where I'm going. Like, I have a better place to be than this. And he's like, but what scares me is my family. Every time I try to tell them about God, they always say, take me to this Jesus' house. Introduce me to this Jesus. Like, it seemed almost in a mocking way. I mean, there's that um, language barrier that he couldn't make it quite clear, but that's what it seemed like to me. Um, And he's like, so when they die, I know they're not going to be with me, and that's just really scary. Um, You know, and like I mentioned before, voodoo, um, the country was dedicated to voodoo by one of their leaders um, quite a few years ago, so... Um, it was just sad, and 
One of my friends um, is in the military, and he was deployed to Haiti um, shortly after I left. And he kept in contact with me um, while he was there. And one day I called, and you know, you can just tell in people's voice when they're really sad or something's, you know, something bad is going on. And I was like, you know, how are you? And he's like, I'm okay. I was like, no, really, like, what's going on? And he's like, well, um, I was on patrol, and we were handing out rice, and um, I had my orders, so I was doing my job. And we were giving out green cards so each family could get, you know, this little thing of rice because people were essentially starving, you know, lack of food and water majorly there. And um, he said that a lady came up with her green card, got her rice, and started walking away. She was a younger woman, and um, these guys just essentially jumped her and started beating her up for her rice, and his orders were to kill them. So he had to kill the people that were attacking this lady. Um, you know, and that, that's still going on today. You guys hear about the violence that, you know, is going on in this fight for food. And we are so unbelievably blessed here in the United States. So, mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's real, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, it's some time has passed. You've been home. You're safe. Uh, mm-hmm. You look back on it. Well, what was God teaching you? What's, um, what's the word he gave you? Truth. Or faith. Sorry. Um, faith. I like both those words. <laughs> both, truth and yeah, faith are both good. Both of them are good. Um, what true faith looks like. Um, it was amazing. You know, and I was, I felt really convicted coming back because if something like that would have happened here, I know that I would have turned around and been like, God, what are you doing to me? Like, I had little to nothing and what I did have, you've taken away. Like, what are you thinking, God? You know, and there they just continued to pray and continued to sing. And one of the phrases they kept saying is, Merci, Jay-Z, Merci, Jay-Z, which means, thank you, Jesus. And they were thanking God, essentially, for the protection that they had. And um, they knew they had so much hope and so much faith that God is going to provide for them, you know. And to have that faith and know for sure, you know, God's going to provide for me. That was just, just really cool. And, like, just seeing that, you know, God will never give you more than you can handle and that he's always going to help you through the hard times in your life was just really cool to see firsthand. Wow. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks for stepping out mm-hmm. for God. And uh, wow, is, is that like what we've been talking about? You know, that, that there is this incredible story that God is writing in the world and in history. And uh, there are places where we just get so involved in the story, the things that he has prepared for us that, that we never imagined. I'm, Sure, you, you never imagined when oh, you no. left that you were going to be a part of this, did you? <laughs> no, my prayer was that God would um, continue. My sister and I are really close, that he would help us grow just in our relationship and that he would just move me, and he answered my prayers mightily. I mean, my sister and I were cuddling every night <laughs> for warmth. So yeah, um, yeah. God is good. Yeah, awesome. Becky, thanks yep. so much. And uh, Becky wants to give you kind of a full flavor of, of what she experienced down there. So if you watch the screens here for a minute, you'll get to meet uh, some of these uh, young people and, and those folks that surrounded her and, and really were, were God's protection for her in this time as well. So watch the screens for a minute.
work every house and every openness and every everything we have in Haiti. I think God will keep us forever in his hands. I will return.